0: everybody welcome to another exciting episode of the triathlon podcast i'm your host coach gill and today we're diving into the world of triathlon training focusing specifically on how to start with training on the bike whether you're a seasoned athlete or a complete beginner This episode is packed with tips and insights to help you pedal your way to success in your triathlon journey. So first and foremost, here we have some facts about bike training and its benefits. So first and foremost, if you don't know, The bike leg is a major race segment. Well, all three are equally important, but the bike leg is usually the most substantial portion of the race. The distance covered during the bike segment can vary, but it typically represents the largest distance in the overall race. Effective bike training is essential to build endurance required for the segment as well as allowing you to at least have the illusion to feel like you're fresh off the bike so that you're ready to do the run leg. Don't forget we have swim, bike, run, you have to run after you bike. So yeah, the more you do it, the fresher you'll be to get started on the run. Next. Cycling is an excellent cardiovascular exercise that improves heart and lung health. By engaging in regular bike training, athletes enhance their cardiovascular endurance, enabling them to sustain effort over extended periods of time, which is particularly beneficial for the long-distance nature of triathlons. Cycling engages various muscle groups, particularly the quadriceps, hamstrings, calves, and glutes. Training on the bike helps develop muscle strength and endurance, critical for powering through the bike leg and transitioning to the run. Compared to running, cycling is a low-impact exercise. This makes it an ideal option for building aerobic fitness without subjecting the body to the same level of impact stress. It's particularly beneficial for athletes looking to minimize the risk of injuries during training. Successfully transitioning from the swim to the bike leg is a unique challenge in triathlons. Bike training helps athletes adapt to the change in muscle engagement and prepares them for a smooth transition, reducing the risk of stiffness or discomfort. And I also mentioned you have the next transition, which would be from the bike to the run. And the more we cycle, the more we train, the easier it will be to transition to the run and keep those legs going. Cycling involves technical skills such as handling the bike, cornering, and navigating various terrains. Developing these skills through training enhances a lead's ability to handle the bike efficiently during race day, especially on challenging courses. Technical skills are also required when we are going to bike in groups, when we're gonna train with a cycling group, but also on race day as well we have to be comfortable with cycling with a lot of people around us doing all kinds of things. Cycling allows athletes to cover more distance in less time compared to running. This makes it an efficient way to accumulate training volume and build the necessary aerobic capacity for the overall triathlon. Meaning you can spend more time cycling and you'll still get the aerobic needs that you would for running without wearing your joints out with running long rides and challenging terrain contribute to mental toughness enduring and overcoming difficulties during bike training sessions can strengthen an athlete's mindset preparing them to face challenges in both the bike leg and the overall triathlon. I would say, and this is my opinion, cycling is probably the best of the three for weight management and body composition improvement. Regular bike training combined with a balanced diet can contribute to maintaining a healthy weight which is beneficial for overall performance. So now let's get down to the essential component, the essential element. Before we can proceed and do anything else, we need to talk about choosing the right bike. Now that we understand the importance of bike training, right, we need to choose the best bike for us and our budget. So whether it's a road bike, a triathlon bike, or a hybrid, it's very important, especially in the beginning, because you have more options. As opposed to, once you get very experienced, you, you decide you love this sport, and you're just gonna keep going, uh, you're gonna keep racing. It gets a little bit, you'll, you'll have more experience, so you know, you'll know you know what's best for you. Um, but also, most likely, you'll invest in a triathlon bike. Um, for this episode, though, we are talking more to beginners or false beginners. So there are some choices, there are some options before you make the big commitment to buying a triathlon bike. And I would say first, if you are completely new, you will most likely do a sprint triathlon or an Olympic triathlon. I would say if you already have a bike, just use that to start a bike that you feel comfortable on and after a few races if you find that you really like it uh, then I would say then you go out and you should buy if you are gonna purchase a bike I would strongly suggest a a nice light road bike if you can afford a carbon uh, road bike that's perfect you don't have to have the aero bars to get started in triathlon and it also I should say it depends on the terrain if you are going to be doing hilly or mountainous bike legs, then a road bike is actually better than a triathlon bike. A triathlon bike is ideal for flat or sort of flat, flattish routes, and you know maybe there's some rolling hills, but flat. Other than that, a road bike is great. Um, if you want to scale down a little bit more, so that's less expensive than a carbon, hundred percent carbon road bike then you can get a road bike that's uh, aluminum and carbon. And those are quite good. That would be my choice to have an alloy of, of of carbon and aluminum to get started. Once you find that you're addicted, you can't stop, you're racing, you're doing half Ironmans, Ironmans, definitely that would be the time when you would want to step the game up to a triathlon bike, which means that You have the aero bars built in with the bike, formed with the bike to put you in a more aggressive position. Um, I would even say I I did do my first Ironman. It was a carbon road bike and I just had um, aero bars on to that road bike and it was highly efficient for my first Ironman. So it's just as good for you as well. I would say little by little, you start to spend more money on the bike. And I say that because if you start low end, as you get more experience, you'll already know exactly what you need. Even after a couple of years, you'll know exactly what's going to work best for you. And you can buy accordingly and you'll appreciate the bike much more than if you start it with a, a very expensive triathlon bike at the get go. The next step is setting up your training plan. So training without a plan is like riding without a destination. I'm gonna guide you through a setup for a beginner-friendly bike training plan. So I'm gonna cover topics such as frequency, duration, and intensity, ensuring that you build a solid foundation while avoiding common pitfalls that new triathletes might encounter. Setting up a, well-trained, a well-structured training plan for the bike leg is crucial for building the endurance, strength, the bike handling skills you need without injuring yourself and without overtraining. So let's get to it. First, I would say define your goals. Identify the specific goals you have for the bike leg, considering factors such as distance, target completion time, and performance metrics. Your goals will shape the intensity and the volume of your training. So if you're a beginner, I would say, how about if you try to focus on finishing before the cutoff time? Um, yeah, I know. I would say keep your low, keep your goals modest at first, and then gradually build up. And it will it will take it takes. This is a vast project. It takes a while for all of this to come together. So I would say be modest with what your expectations are. But you do have to consider. Let's say you're going to do a half Ironman. Um, the target completion time. If it's your first half Ironman, you probably won't do as well because it's your first race and that's okay. The goal is you want to finish under, well under the cutoff time and you want to be fresh enough so that you feel like running a half marathon. Next assess your current fitness level. So evaluate what your current level fitness level is by taking into account your cycling, cycling experience, strengths and weaknesses. This assessment will help you tailor your training plan to address your specific needs. In this case, when you're doing this, when you're doing uh, these two components, uh, followed by actually the, the third that I'm going to give you, it's it wouldn't hurt to speak with a triathlon coach. And I am still for, and I'll, I'll say this every episode, there's nothing wrong with finding a coach to help you through parts of this. If you don't want to splurge full out on a coach, not a, coaching isn't for everyone. Um, various parts, it might be good to find a coach or find a few training plans online. I would definitely say even if you're going to buy pre-written training plans, it should be from a certified coach. Um, but it's nothing wrong with asking a professional for some tips for your specific needs so the third thing that that goes to this is determining training frequency decide how many days per week you can dedicate to bike training beginners might start with two to three sessions per week and i do recommend that for beginners while more experienced athletes could train four to six times a week next you want some variety and you need a a mix in your workouts you so you want Varied training sessions, incorporate a mix of workout types to address different aspects of cycling performance. So for example, well, here are the four things that you should include. Endurance rides, interval training, hill workouts, and technique sessions. So for, first, for example, for endurance rides, that is, those are longer rides to build cardiovascular fitness. And typically, I would suggest you you have a, I call it a long ride. You have a long ride on Saturday, Sunday, whatever your day off is that you can recover um, the day after, and even the afternoon after. Um, So I would say for a newbie, one endurance ride a week on the weekend. Next, for interval training. That is high-intensity intervals to improve speed and power you can do those outside but I would also suggest getting a home trainer that you can put your bike on and that way and the reason why is when you're doing intervals the idea is to go as fast as you can and sometimes when you're out on the road that's just not possible if you're on a route that you know very well there are little cars uh, very sorry there's little traffic um, that would probably be a good place to do your speed training but really the best place is on the home trainer, um, where you're safe from cars, everything else. And the only thing you have to think about is going as fast as you can. And you can keep your head down. Um, next is hill workouts. That's to develop strength. That is how you, that is your strength training on the bike, but it's also good for your climbing ability. and, And that does go to technical, uh, technical skill as well but for the hill workouts you can do that on a home trainer but conversely i would say it's probably better to try to do your hill workouts on a nice steep hill somewhere near you and you can do hill repeats you go up and down up and down and that dovetails into technique sessions where you are focusing on things such as pedaling efficiency aerodynamic aerodynamics and bike handling skills well one of those would be descending so I'm gonna work backwards from that list for the hill workouts when you're when you're doing your hill repeats when you go up you're working the gears and getting used to the gears and going down is handling corners uh, going with the float feeling it when you're handling those curves on on a on a steep hill that's excellent practice for the others for pedaling efficiency that would be great on the home trainer you can do that inside you can do work on your right leg and your left leg to help eliminate any dead spots in that circle when you're spinning so that you have a nice smooth pedal stroke and you're taking full advantage no matter where your foot is in that circle that is pedaling efficiency and aerodynamics, just practicing being in the aero bars. To start out, it's good to do it on the home trainer on your bike. And then when you are on the road, if you're new to getting in the aero bars, you find a nice flat stretch of road where there are not too many cars and that's how you can gradually get used to being in aero position. Next, in your training plan, you want to have a gradual progression. And the idea is to avoid overtraining. Overtraining just leads to injuries. So we're gonna gradually increase the volume little by little, no more than 10% a week, and incorporate plenty of rest to allow for recovery. And rest doesn't mean you do nothing. Sometimes rest just means if you had a hard hill ride uh, Monday, then maybe Tuesday you're still going to spin, but it's just 30 minutes on the trainer easy just to keep those legs moving. You are going to have some periodization in your training plan. And what that means is if you work basically for two weeks, if you really hit it hard for volume and intensity, the third week. You're going to ease back a little bit and that's going to be a recovery week where you have easier, you're still going to train, but the load, both volume and intensity are going to be less and that way your body recovers and then the two weeks to follow, those are a little bit more difficult than the two weeks prior. So you're going to add five to 10% more. That's periodization. And we have three phases, the, build, the base phase where you build just the foundations of endurance, the build phase which increases intensity and incorporates interval training, and then you have the peak phase which comes soon where you're getting closer to race day and there you're going to fine tune race specific skills and taper before the event. So the types of things that you can include in a training plan concerning the bike, you can have long rides, which I already talked about. You can, and I just say once per week, you can have brick workouts. We all hear this, what's this with a brick workout? What is that? It's where you combine a bike and a run session together to simulate the transition between the two disciplines because it does if you've done this, if you've been on a long bike ride you don't need to be a triathlete to know this, if you've been on a long bike ride once you get off the bike how do your legs feel walking? well they feel kind of loosey-goosey well if you run right after the bike your legs feel really weird for a while what the BRICK workout does is it helps your body adapt to the bike run transition and the more you do it it's true your legs they get used to it they adapt and they're like oh well this feels normal and you can transition without too much drama. And ideally you can transition strong into the run. You also want to have some strength training off the bike. And I would say your, you know, your typical weight squats and lunges with weights. Don't be afraid to go heavy on the weights, on the weights. The more muscle you have, the stronger you are when you're competing in any endurance competition. And of course you're going to have plenty of rest and recovery incorporated in that. And I would say lastly this comes towards you're getting close to race day. One thing you do want to get down is your nutrition and hydration plan. You should have a we call it a fueling plan for a race day and what you do is the weeks leading up to the race maybe the at least six weeks two months to six weeks before race day start tinkering with nutrition and hydration so that there are no surprises on race day your body is used to that system and it sort of goes you know if it's hot Then you're gonna sip water maybe every 15 minutes, taking nutrition every 30 minutes. Um, It depends on your body and how fast your stomach absorbs, how well you do, and that's why you need to tinker because everybody's different. And lastly, sort of for race day, you are going to taper and know that. So tapering really comes from the world of marathon where you've been training hard for this race and about two weeks before the race, you cut back, you taper, you cut back on the volume and intensity of your training so that the idea is, in theory, you're fresh to race on race day. But honestly, if you, if you trained well and hard, it's going to take a lot longer than two weeks to feel fresh before you do a triathlon. Um, I would say, yes, taper, but maybe at definitely two weeks. Some people for marathons, they start tapering at a month before. Some triathletes, Some triathletes do that too. But I would say two weeks before you slowly cut back just a little off so that it's not too intense, you're not too tired, and definitely volume. But you still want to keep some intensity. You don't want to just drop and stop what you're doing. And there it's more you don't want to hurt yourself uh, it's more that but too much tapering I don't think is necessarily a great idea anyway those are all that those are all the things you need to take into consideration when planning your training schedule and it's a lot isn't it it's it's vast which is why sorry I'm gonna repeat this is the last time I'll say it. it, it does help to have a coach or a professional training plan prepared by a coach that is always, I'm always going to say that's the best strategy. The next thing you'll want to do is improve your technique. So over time, you're, you're starting to get into this. You're gonna see progression. And I would say the bike, there's a lot of tech, it doesn't seem like it, but there's a lot to be taken into consideration to perfect your technique. And the first thing I would say is when you buy your bike, you spent all this money on it, it's, it's not a big deal. It shouldn't be a big deal to pay just a little bit extra for a bike fit. To ensure that your bike is properly fitted for your body is, if you want, it's essential if you want to get the maximum amount of efficiency on that really beautiful, shiny, expensive bike that you just purchased. A professional bike fitting can help you achieve the right saddle height, handlebar position, and overall bike geometry. With a proper bike fit, you'll minimize discomfort and reduce the risk of in- injury. All of this, and if, the, if you're comfortable and you're not nursing an injury, already you're going to be more efficient. So, we've got this great bike, we've got a good bike fit, we can work on our pedaling technique and that's when a home trainer really comes in handy. Focus on when you're on the bike, Focus on smooth circular pedal strokes instead of relying slowly on the downstroke, which is very typical, especially if you're if you ride a city bike or a mountain bike, you have to, yes, when you push down, but you're also going to be focusing on the upstroke pulling up and that means using your hip flexors. So aim to pedal in a circular motion by engaging the entire pedal revolution. This distributes the workload more evenly across your muscle groups and increases efficiency. Practice maintaining a consistent cadence. This is something else where it's easiest, probably easiest on a home trainer. When I talk about cadence, I'm talking about the pedal revolutions per minute or RPM. So experiment with different cadences during training to find what feels most comfortable for you. A higher cadence is generally recommended for triathlons to reduce muscle fatigue. But there are a lot of different studies out there. People have different opinions. What's more important is you're aware what cadence you're using in what situations to see what works best for you. And it also depends on the distance of the triathlon. If it's an Ironman, I probably would say a higher cadence is best, but if it's if it's an Olympic you could probably do a slower cadence aerodynamic positioning is where you you're working on your position to reduce wind resistance and improve speed so as soon as we get on the bike it doesn't matter what bike our body's sitting upright already where where our body is part of the resistance that's slowing the bike down so one thing we talk about, and I'm not going to get into this. This is why you have, um, it could be pure cyclists or triathletes. They're worried about their weight because it really is the rider who's creating the most resistance or the most drag on the bike. So that's why, yeah, we're worried about our weight, but also when you're sitting upright, that's more resistant. So if you are going to use aero bars, the idea is to practice tucking your elbows in, lowering your torso, and keeping your head down. And like that, you will go faster simply because there's less drag. The wind can go just slide right over you. But I do think that you, if you're new to triathlon, I don't think the first thing you need to worry about is getting an aero position. It's all, mostly all of this other stuff, and the aero bars come a little later. Uh, next cornering skills, cornering, cornering skills, braking technique and gearing strategy. All those go to bike handling, how cornering skills such as navigating, navigating downhill corner smoothly, making turns, how to uh, sort of anticipation where you're going. The key to gearing is anticipating when you're going to have to gear up or gear down. Braking technique. Yeah, practice smooth control braking. Understand where the front brake is and the back brake is and how to manipulate them, especially when going downhill. And again, gearing strategy, I already touched on it. Get used to using your gears and understanding how they work, especially when you have dramatic changes in pitch or uh, incline. Suddenly, the key is to anticipate and gear up or gear down. With hill climbing, yeah, it, it, there's, a, there's a trick to it. Uh, first of all, you want your body light. You want a nice light carbon bike. Weight matters as far as how fast you're going to get up a hill. Also uh, understanding your, your gears and anticipating where you're going to have to switch to an easier gear before you get to the hardest part of the climb. Maintaining a steady cadence. You want it as high of a cadence as possible to keep those legs spinning. And controlling your breathing and uh, control your breathing and pacing while you're climbing. So you don't want to go. If you have a ten-kilometer climb, you don't want to go crazy just in the first kilometer, the first couple of kilometers, or else you'll teeter out before you even get halfway through. So it goes to pacing. And also, it would help if sooner or later at some time if you if you if you have the if you have a bike trainer and a professional consider using video analysis to assess your cycling technique recording your rides can provide valuable insights into your positioning pedal stroke and overall form i don't know that you need to do this all the time but i think uh you have a bike fit you've been training for a few months that would probably be the good time to analyze your stroke see what you're doing on the bike and being on the bike trainer is ideal for that so let's talk about some common mistakes to avoid no journey is without its bumps in the road. And in this segment, we'll discuss some of the common mistakes that beginners often make when starting their triathlon bike training. So be aware of some of these pitfalls. And I've already mentioned a couple of these. One, yet yeah, skipping the bike fit. Uh, neglecting a proper bike fit can lead to discomfort, inefficient pedaling, and often injuries. Just to avoid all that, just get the bike fit. Next, this is key, neglecting bike maintenance. I have been guilty of this. Regular bike maintenance is crucial for safety and performance. Check your tires, brakes, gears, and overall bike condition before each ride. Ignoring maintenance can lead to unexpected issues during training or even a race. And I would say, yet yeah, I have avoided it. I rarely get flats on my bike not while I'm riding out in the middle of nowhere. I rarely get flats, not because of luck. It's because I inspect the tires after every ride, I look at the tires. And even before I go out for a ride, I still take a close look at the tires. Looking at your bike before each ride, can, you can avoid a lot of problems when you're out on the road in the middle of nowhere and you don't wanna to have to call your, your your significant other to come rescue you. Ignoring technique and form is also a danger. Focusing solely on the distance or speed without paying attention to proper cycling technique can lead to muscle imbalances and fatigue. So, I don't know that you need to think about it non stop, but taking into consideration your form whenever you can will maximize efficiency and reduce risk of injury. Overtraining in the bike. It's very easy to do um, because what's going to happen is you'll be going further and further distances and it will become addictive. So trying to force yourself to take breaks in the beginning might be hard at first, um, but you're going to have to. Try not to. If you're just starting out three times a week, keep it at that. And as you get used to things, and as you get used to how your body responds, then you can gradually add on more days, but too much volume will only lead to a lot of injury. Make sure you incorporate variety in your workout, which I did say, sorry, in your training sessions, I did mention this as one of the things to include in the training plan. If you want to progress, and find yourself getting stronger then you can't do the same ride every day the same cadence the same hills the exact same thing your body will get used to it and you won't see any more improvement so you have to mix it up you have to surprise those muscles and joints you need to pay attention to nutrition again at first when you get started you might not be thinking about it too much but you have to stay hydrated on these Long rides, and I would even say medium rides. Some people cycle, you know, two hours and they haven't had anything to drink. No, that that's bad. And you'll find you perform better when you eat regularly and drink regularly on the bike. Um, you'll find you'll you'll perform better. What I used to do was I had on my watch I set a little ding to tick off every 15 minutes, so I would remember to either. Sit. This is in these are in the hot months, summer months to remind me to either drink, take a sip, or have a little bit of gel or a piece of bar. So I would drink two dings every 15 minutes that was to drink and then the third ding was to eat a little something. And also I guess this is um, one thing you shouldn't, one pitfall, um, don't ignore safety measures. So make sure you've got a helmet, um, you've got sunglasses to keep the sun and also bugs and other cre- flying creatures out of your eyes. Um, all, make sure you have reflective clothing on so that cars can see you. Um, and don't take risks on the bike when you see a traffic light. I would say follow all the traffic rules. Um, ignoring safety measures, can—that's—that that is how cyclists get hurt often. The cyclists I know that have had accidents, problems on the road, I would say probably 70% of those could have been prevented with just following the traffic laws. So don't let that be something that happens to you. Just, Just safety first. And one last thing I want to talk about today is so we're I'm talking about the bike today and cycling. But how does one really do this? We've got two other disciplines. We've got the swim and the run. How does one do that? That sounds, you know, all the G everything you told me up until now, that's a lot to think about. And that's just the bike. What about the swimming? What about running? What about the transitions? I know it's a lot. So First, you I do do this. Um, one way to look at it is what's your strongest discipline and your weakest discipline? So let's imagine for a minute, the bike is gonna be your weakest because you're new to it, but you ran, you've run a lot in your past. I would say, and I would say this for lots of situations, of the three disciplines, probably the run, you can reduce the number of sessions per week, simply because if you're on the bike, often you're still getting the cardiovascular endurance that you would need for the run so while you should run regularly if you have a discipline that is your weakest and it's not the run keep the run the shortest twice a week and focus on that weaker discipline either the bike or obviously the swim so but i would say the bike should probably be three should be the most and then the swim should be second. The swim is typically the shortest of the three disciplines, but it starts first. And you need to have enough energy to do the bike and then the run. So the swim is indeed important. Um, and I would say, if I let's imagine the bike is my weakest, I would do three swims a week, four to five cycles a week, and then two runs per week and then you can also vary it up as you find you're feeling better and more confident on the bike then add a third run session or the same with the swim it's just that running is probably of the three i've mentioned this before of the three disciplines running is probably the discipline where you're most likely to injure yourself so you should be the most prudent with that one and focus on i I do think cycling is great as far as triathlon training goes So you guys, that wraps up another episode of the Triathlon Podcast. I hope you found our guide to getting started with triathlon bike training informative and inspiring. I hope it wasn't too much information. Well, it is too too much information. But what I'll do is I will keep at it. I'm going to keep serving it up to you. Just remember that consistency is key and every pedal stroke brings you closer to your triathlon goals. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with your fellow triathletes. Until next time, happy training, and may the wind always be on your back.